Hello and welcome to the Switch RPG Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gio, and I'm joined as always by Johnny. Johnny, how's it going? It's going good. How's it going? It's going fantastic. If this is your first time listening to the show, we are the show. That's a little redundant. Whatever. From SwitchRPG.com, where we bring you the latest in the world of RPGs on the Nintendo Switch. This week, it's a special thing. It's our 100th episode. <laughs> Woo! All right, we're, I we, can't do a hundred with ten fingers. You, times we, we we got it. We're fine. Times ten, whatever. Uh, we probably should have done something a little special, but we are um, ill prepared. Maybe not we. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take blame for this. I am not prepared for anything. Uh, maybe maybe the next episode we'll do something. I don't know. Uh, anyway, we we also had a, a Nintendo Indie World Direct uh, sort of thing. Lots of new game announcements that are coming out today coming out in the future i can't wait to talk about one of them we're very excited about that um also don't forget to visit our discord discord.switchrpg.com our twitter handle is at switch rpg and you can visit us on uh facebook at switch and our youtube at switch rpg uh so yes don't forget to visit those things and uh johnny what have you been playing so uh a whole lot of almost nothing yeah yeah <laughs> It's, so you've been, you've been busy? Is that is that what it is? I've been busy with other stuff, but yeah. I have been playing a whole lot of tabletop games. Just a whole lot of different oh. games. My game and just uh, mainly this uh, tabletop game called Dune Imperium. Okay. It's really, really good. And just been playing it like we're, we're getting really competitive on that game over here. And uh, it's just fantastic and and it's always epic when we play it. So no blood shed, right? I hope no tears. Anyway, a little tears, a little bloodshed here and there, but it's all all fair and in in love and war and stuff like that. So really, I mean, when I hear tears and blood, I'm not thinking you know love at all. Well, uh, these are happy tears, I guess. <laughs> okay, <laughs> happy bloody tears. Uh, all right, all right. Uh, so there's there's that going on, uh, but on the Switch side, I did manage to to eke in a little over an hour of gameplay for a game that kind of surprise dropped to uh, today, and that is Axiom Verge Two. Yeah, and I will say this: so I'm a huge fan of Axiom Verge. Love it, awesome stuff. The OG, the OG. This yeah. game is underbaked. I can, it's, it's a little raw on the inside. Like there are some things in there. Maybe I had the volume up too high or something, but man, the sound effects are like cranked up to 11. They are super loud can for you... some of the explosions and like whacking your, your ice pick, uh, ice climbing pick X thing. Okay. Uh, and just hidden stuff with it. It just makes this really loud sound that <laughs> like distorts the speakers are you able uh, to adjust that or modify it in the options at all yeah i turned it down a little but it and the starting default values for the audio it actually goes like even louder but but like there's room to put it louder wow and it's already and, loud 
and it's already like pretty loud. But once again, I might have had the my own speakers on a little bit too loud. Maybe that was the case. But there's that. But the, there's some other like weird stuff. This is the way this game starts. It is a very bad intro. I'm just going to say that right now. Like the start of this game for the hour and, and 20 minutes ish that I've been playing it. It's not a good start to the game. It's hmm. very slow. It's it doesn't pull me in. It, it doesn't make me want to investigate more. It's not selling an interesting world. Uh, you're in Antarctica. Antarctica. Which has like nothing. It's very barren. There's lots of snow, lots of ice and rocks. Ooh. And and you're you're at this uh I, I guess like this um research station type thing. And you're there, you're exploring and finding out what's going on. And stuff happens and 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 you, you go down the, the rabbit hole of sorts. Uh and you're in this weird extra dimensional world type thing. Anyway. Even then, it's not that interesting. And you go into the, like the, this sub world within like the first fifteen minutes, and okay. it's not interesting. It's not. It's not not interesting. It's just not interesting enough, or at least it would be fine. All this is fine. Like I, I don't mind that it's in Antarctica. Antarctica is a very interesting, weird place, and I don't mind that stuff. But what I do mind is how they opened, and by they, I mean, I guess one person, maybe more, uh, Thomas Happ or whatever, um, the the developer team, right? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know why he, they, whatever, decided to open up in this very slow way. But it is a very slow opening to a game. When they could have started off with something more exciting, more of a bang, something that sort of gives you an immediate interest in what is going on. Uh, maybe that's yet to come. Maybe there will be something, maybe a little bit down the line, where you'll get your big your big bang, your big turn of events. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, Just... maybe. I mean, it, it's it's also giving you, like, the Metroidvania stuff, right? Like, right. You're, you're exploring, and I'm slowly getting new abilities, right? You get the the ledge grab ability and then you get the whatever the hack ability and then you get the sort of little mini robot ball ability thing right and, and you're, you're getting these new abilities and showing you like yep this is going to be a metroidvania it's going to be a metroidvania it is like it is a metroidvania right off rip but like they kind of like it's almost as if they they saw like all right how do you open up a metroidvania game super awesome right it's like well oh, uh, you know, Symphony of Night or uh, Super Metroid, right? Like, like that's how you do it. Like, it's awesome opening sequences, and they're and they're relatively short and sweet. They're they're like five, maybe ten minutes long, and that's it. And then boom, you're in the action, and it's it opens with a bang, uh, literally uh, with a bang in in some points, or or in Castlevania's. You know, you're you're playing as Victor Belmont, and boom, you you kill Dracula, mm -hmm. and and there, like that's the opening. Like you're doing a boss fight at the opening of the game. It's like amazing stuff. This game, not so much. So I'm gonna continue to play it because I know it's gonna get good. But 
I am disappointed in how it opened. It could have opened better. Mm -hmm. Let's just say that. Yeah, and I, and I totally understand, but I mean, you did only play an hour. I'm assuming maybe it's about a 15, 20 hour game. Maybe. I don't know uh, what the first one was. From what I heard, it's 15. So Right, so yeah. you got some time. Things will change. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm hoping... I'm an optimist, Johnny. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm the optimist here. Yeah, but uh, that's what I've been playing. What have you been playing? Man, it's it's been it's gaming this week and maybe even the past couple of weeks have been difficult for me. I've been so very tired. I've been working on stuff outside of my house. Um, I'm building a pavilion um for for our house where we can just have it's gonna have a, it's a roof structure so we can have you know outside things with it's gonna have mosquito netting all that stuff so it's a big it's a big thing for me to do so I'm, i've been working on that we also got a new puppy uh she's what is she now uh she's 10 weeks old so she's a very young dog been tired with that <laughs> with the puppy her name is mabel um it's just been just a tough time to get gaming, but I have been playing the same the same type of games. I've been playing, you know, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance as well as the East East Nine. Um, again, no no real changes there. Just kind of real life stuff happening, and when that happens, man, gaming you're just so tired. And a lot of my gaming time is really when the, you know the kids go to bed, the wife goes to bed, and then Gio goes to bed because I'm just I'm just so beat. I'm just so tired. Um, so unfortunately that's all I got, but I'm excited for what's to come. There's a lot of awesome, awesome stuff coming. Um, so let's, let's get into some new game announcements. Yeah. Cool. Darksiders 3 launches for the Nintendo switch on September 30th. This was quite a surprise because I just wasn't, I wasn't expecting this at all. Um, because I had heard that this, that Darksiders 3 didn't really run well on the PlayStation. So I'm curious to see how it will run on the Switch. Let me just, uh, read here from RPGsite.net. THQ Nordic has announced that Darksiders 3 will launch for the Nintendo Switch on September 30th. The action adventure was originally released for, no, uh, in November 2018. The port will be available digitally. And that retail is for 39 US dollars, pounds, and euros, I'm sorry, and 34.99 pounds. And it includes both DLCs and the original uh, from the original release, Keepers of the Void and the Crucible. So they 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 just kind of go on to explain um describe the the game. But yeah, like I had said, had have you heard anything about this title or other than it's kind of your your quintessential kind of metroidvania done 3d i would say it's a bit more Zelda um, almost I, I would say a bit more for this one more dark souls inspired okay and i mean obviously dark souls is zelda inspired as the director <laughs> himself said right but um but yeah uh it's uh, from what I understand, I haven't played this one. Uh, it's the lowest rated of the three Darksiders, not including the that fourth one. What was it called again? Uh, Genesis. Genesis. That's totally it. different game, though. Yeah, totally Very different. different. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, 
and I really liked two and one. Two is a juggernaut. That one was very big. Um, and the first one also pretty big too. I mean, they, they were all like pretty big games. First one very much like God of War meets Zelda. And uh, this one, it's got more of that Dark Soulsy type vibe. But from what I understand, it uh, falls short in execution, uh, especially on combat and responsiveness and and other sort of jankiness that was in uh, its initial release on the PlayStation and Xbox consoles. Gotcha. Yeah, and you were right. Uh, going by just Metacritic alone, uh, Darksiders, the original, got an 83. Darksiders 2, 81. Darksiders 3 got a 70. Um, and to put in Darksiders Genesis, again, a totally different game, got a 77. So, Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of a, a... It was a downward trend, and then it upticked with Genesis, because Genesis released after Darksiders 3, but Darksiders 3 is the low point, and that's why um, I'm excited to hope that they improve the things that were wrong with Darksiders 3. Because I like the character. Character yeah. has, what it's like a, a whip blade, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah um, who is she? She's not war. She's not death. Um, Fur- Fury? No. Fury. Uh, no, um, assume the role of Fury. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so... Yeah, so I the character seems cool, um, and I like the world of it. So, if if they redeem themselves in this, I don't know. I'm kind of being a little hopeful because mm. this is probably going to get the typical port treatment. But if they redeem themselves and improve the things that made it uh, not so great before, uh, then I will definitely uh, check a look. Check check a look. Check a look. <laughs> All right. Next next game announcement: Monster Crown leaves early access and launches on October twelfth for PlayStation Four, Xbox One, and the Nintendo Switch. If you're unfamiliar with Monster Crown, is it is a monster raising RPG? Um, I'm sorry. Let me. Uh, it's a monster raising RPG. Basically, you can breed and fuse over 200 base monsters, create your own species. It's basically your your Pokemon um, type of thing. It's done in the pixel art fashion as well. So yeah, it's um, another uh, another monster collector game. We've gotten a, quite a quite a number of these recently. Well, I mean, it's Pokemon, right? Like when Pokemon first released, how many different type of Mon games came out and Pokemon hasn't gone away and people are still trying to chase the uh, chase that dragon or whatever you want to call it. And for good reason, uh, because. You know, Pokemon hasn't been. uh, Rocking the boat on Xbox or on PlayStation, so why not? Yeah, they can, they're able to kind of straddle the uh, console market there. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, like I said, it's done in the same. It's a it's a pixel art, so I'm not sure if you were to say it's Pokemon, um, you know, Ruby or what Sapphire, or whatever. I'm not sure what generation it could uh, it would be most kind of compared to, but um, yeah, it's almost. I don't know. It's almost like Game Boy Color esque. Yeah, I would say uh, 
Ruby Sapphire. Yeah. Would be kind of more or less what it looks like. All right, cool, 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 cool. Roguelike deck builder Chrono Faction announced for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, Mojo Bones, the studio behind Siesta Fiesta on the 3DS, which I'm totally not familiar with, has announced Chrono Faction as its next project. The roguelike deck builder is targeted the Switch as one of its release platforms. Now, I, I this article doesn't... Oh, it does have a... Uh, oh, I don't want to watch this. It might be loud. No, okay. What is going on? Yeah, it's it's kind of... It almost looks like a free-to-play type of mobile game um it's, it's because of the graphical aesthetic or yes okay i'm yeah. with you it kind of has a little bit of that the graphics aren't aren't the best it's serviceable i'm just i'm just trying to understand and wrap my head around the card mechanics or the kind of the deck building in in this um in this trailer I'm not sure I quite understand it here. Let me uh, let me see here. It's unique. The combat system looks very... What is going on? The combat system is very unique, uh, or at least what it looks to be very unique. There's... I don't know. That must have been a minigame, because they flash like a... Uh, what look like a, to be a casino type of table set up with, with dice. Maybe oh. that was a minigame. That can't be the real game. Okay, key feature, strategy meets action, a fresh take on the classic genre, dynamic track-based battlefield. That's that's what we're that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, it's yeah. it's weird. So it's like the players each player, uh so if you're doing a versus one-on-one, each player lays out their cards and basically it's almost like it runs down a track and as the track goes along, the cards are played. So you may have to put your cards in some sort of order. That's what it seems. But let me um let me continue here. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. So a dynamic track-based battlefield where tactile mechanics meet turn-based card battling. Uh, from beginner to winner, Chrono Faction's rules can be learned in minutes, opening doors for players of all ages and skill levels, strong customization, and complex meta provide long-term depth, making it much harder to master. So you know, check it out because it is pretty. It's it's hard to explain what's what's actually happening uh, because it's like a if you picture like a railroad track and you're just kind of laying cards across that each each person on each side of the track, and then you know you got a line that just goes through and and performs each action, but then you can manipulate that track with other cards again. I, I'm it's kind of wonky. Uh. It's different. It's very different. I'm, I'm yeah. I, when I say when I say wonky, I don't mean like it's it's bad or anything. I just mean it is very unique. Yeah, it's it's very strange. It's uh, I don't know if because it seems like it's interactive. The moment that you're slapping cards on these sort of slots, this this railroad track of of slots, I'm mm-hmm. guessing like the upper row is the opponent and the bottom row is yours. I'm guessing, uh, but then and there's interactions. It seems like there's interactions when you're playing your cards onto the track. But then, 
there's other segments in the video where they're like there's like this timeline as if the track itself is like a uh kind of like something you see on guitar hero right where the line is playing each of the cards in sequence order from left to right uh and is executing stuff and the characters are attacking themselves according to what is on the track at that point in time so maybe there's there's like two different phases like phase one right. play your cards and in phase two you play the track and whatever's left over on the track makes sense that i mean i i can see that yeah 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 uh but this is actually still in kickstarter so if you um if you're into it it's called, again it's called chrono faction and there's 28 days to go uh, so there's still time to get in there. All right, cool. That's going to do, do it for the new game announcements. Uh, let's quickly run down some news. Looks like Digimon Survive's release date has been delayed. Again, this game's never kind of come out. I would I would not be surprised if it just gets outright canceled. Honestly. And it's looking good, too, or it was. <laughs> The announcement of Digimon Survive back in 2019 caused plenty of excitement with fans of the Digimon series as it follows in the footsteps of the beloved Digimon Story Cybersleuth and Digimon Story Cybersleuth Hacker's Memory. That's a long title. Digimon Survive was originally scheduled to be released in 2019 uh, for the Nintendo Switch and PS4, but it looks like it looks as though it's going to be pushed back into the third quarter of next year. Wow, that is one heck of a uh, pushback of a delay from what was it shown off early show off in 2019 to a planned release for 2019, and now it's going to be a planned release for pretty much late or mid to late 2022. Yeah, that's, a, that's essentially a three year delay. I haven't been you know, reading up as to why the delays are happening. I I just don't, I don't understand. I don't understand what the delays are. Uh, They showed off the game and gave it like this tactic style grid based battle system. And everyone's like, yes. And then they're like, oh, you actually want this. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. Maybe that's what happened, or or maybe it's like they they like it, they really they they like it, and then all of a sudden, like whatever publisher, like we'll send you more money. Fund so, it. Fund it. <laughs> so this is back in October fifteen, two thousand and twenty. So pretty much almost a year. So ten months ago, this is from Digimon Games Twitter account. Okay, so they have an important message and this is from the game producer for digimon the digimon survive team would like to extend our thanks from fans from around the world for their support during development especially in these difficult times we had originally planned to launch digimon survive in 2020 but the current world events have shifted development timing and we have made a made the difficult decision to push back digimon survives launch to 2021 Okay, uh, we thank you all, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we want to share some exciting updates for Digimon Survive in the spring, so stay tuned. So, again, in the spring, I think that's when we got further delays. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd, I'd have to look and see, but man. 
I think it's a good sign, though. It's a good sign that they are tryharding. I don't think it's a good sign at all because they haven't updated it. That that Twitter account or Twitter, yeah, there hasn't been another. That was the last thing they put. It's because they're busy. <laughs> they're they've tryhard. Been, oh, they've been busy for ten months. They're silent. Yes, that's that's called tryhard. They're doing it. They're making our dreams a reality. You know, I, I f- who I feel bad for are the Digimon fans, and I know they're 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 a rabid fan base, and it's just too bad for them, man. Because I mean, from what they showed, that was a while ago, right? Yeah. I think they actually showed something, right? Some sort of video. Yeah, they showed uh, combat. It was as I said, it was like this grid, but three D. It was kind of like a uh, Mario Rapids type of uh, look to the battle system, right? Turn-based, grid-based, you know, move, action, action, move type thing. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to look as as you're talking, and man, that's too bad. Yeah, and, it looks it looks cool. Yeah, and graphically look pretty good. Yeah, so you know what? If if they haven't given up on it, then there's nothing to worry. And if they're taking their time with it, then there's nothing but you know, hopes that it will be good. Right. It's just when you can, when you continue to hear delay after delay after delay, I mean, you just start to wonder, like, is there something else going on? Look at Zelda, right? Delay after delay after delay, and look what happens, right? It happens all the time in games, in general. Yeah, I guess. I would say games that get rushed out, I'm more worried about than games that get delayed. Well, here's the thing, though. Like, it was supposed to be, not supposed to be, but they had a release date or a release window of 2019, and they're they're not gonna. It's not gonna come out until almost 2023, potentially, right? Or like, you know, it says quarter three, so that could that could run into you know another October of 2022. That's yeah. a huge, massive difference. That's that's bad planning, but you know. Can't fault them too hard on that. They're being optimistic, very optimistic. Yeah, you just you just gotta wonder, you know, if there's well, something right. that's going on. It's a licensed title, so they probably threw like minimal budget at it. The the licensees or the franchise. No. This oh. is, I, I think Bandai Namco is behind that as well. Sure, sure, but they you know a, a licensed product like Digimon, right? It yeah. typically doesn't get like massive funding. And then the re- the fan because of the fan response. So you know what fans have themselves to blame because they responded hard because well it looked good. I I mean I'm not a Digimon fan and I liked what I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from that response, they probably decided to like really up the end. That's what I'm getting. That's what I'm getting at. Because why would they mention you know the whole fan excitement thing, right? That that seems to me that they recognize that there is a a massive uh, desire for a right. game like this. So it seems I'm defaulting to them tryharding, and that's the reason for the delay. We'll see. I, I mean, I I hope it just doesn't end up being a broken mess, uh, especially for Digimon fans waiting waiting for this. I, I, you know what? I think this is going to be the Digimon game that puts Digimon back on the map. Hope so. I hope so. I really do. 
All right, cool. Let's um, let's move on here. Bandai Namco shares Nintendo Switch footage of Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Bandai Namco has shared a closer look at their well-received Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, which is destined for the Nintendo Switch system. Clearly, some compromises were made to bring the PS4 and Xbox One title to the platform. But judging from the latest footage, it looks like it will be very like a very good port. Uh, check out the you can check out the Japanese trailer. I think it was, oh, it looks like Croc O'Clock has it up, but I'm sure you can find this anywhere. Uh, it's a Dragon Ball Z Kakarot plus a New Power Awakened set gameplay trailer. And again, this is coming to the Switch on September 24th. What do you think? It looks like the other ones. I don't really notice too much of a difference. I think the art style, uh, this... I don't want to call it cell shading, but it's kind of cell shady. Um, it might be cell shading. Um, but either way, because of the art style, I think they can sort of <laughs> do, dial things back on like model complexity, mm -hmm. texture, uh, uh, complexity, uh, or texture, texture resolution, and you still won't notice. Uh, that big of a difference visually it'll, it'll still look good right because of this this art style that they're going with so and the world in dragon ball itself is kind of sparse anyway so it's kind i think it's it is going to work maybe if the draw distance um that could be something that gets impacted and things will look kind of like ugly in the distance maybe I think but, that's how a lot of developers have handled uh, the Nintendo Switch, especially yeah. with draw distance. You see it in like Xenoblade Chronicles One and Two. Uh, draw distance is is compromised. Yeah. So I'm not too worried about it. The only thing that I would be worried about is if it's really underperformant, or if they do the dynamic resolution scaling and during action intensive intensive sequences. They they really drop the resolution to where things just get so blurry that you can't really decipher what's going on. I hope that isn't the case. Uh, yeah, it's hard I, to tell in terms of resolution. Um, it's hard to tell what that will be like in this in the trailer that I'm pull, where just, I'm looking at in my my Nintendo news because yeah. it's from a tweet. Um, and likely this person pulled it from a YouTube video. And then it's so it's already compressed being on YouTube, and then it's further compressed going on Twitter. So like it's really kind of hard to tell. I mean, everything else looks like it's running fairly smooth. I think even the action sequences. I think I would say, I would say if they lock it in at thirty frames a second, yep. just keep that locked in. I don't know if the original game. I'm assuming the original game um, on PC at the very least was sixty frames a second. And the combat is intensive and very actiony and fast paced. So the 60 would be preferred, but for Switch, you know, you bring it down if it's a stable 30 and they don't drop the resolution down to like below 900p. Uh, that is a major win, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I think that would be, yeah, that would definitely be a major, major win. All right. Um, one thing I wanted to hit on uh, a game that a lot of people I know are excited about. Actually, I'm excited about it too. Uh, Baldo and the Guardian Owls, or Baldo the Guardian Owls. It's a weird 
It's still a weird title. I can't I can't get used to it. Is this um, the sequel? This is not a sequel. This is a uh, this is a two or three man development team. Um, so if you're not familiar with Baldo, it's basically kind of a neat. It looks like a Nino Kuni. Uh, it's kind of a Zelda Zelda like Zelda clone type of thing. Uh, so they've re- released some uh, some common answers to some common questions. One of which is how lo- how much uh, the game will be, which will be twenty four ninety nine. Uh, there will be a physical slash collector version, but they're not releasing any information on that quite yet. And they're working. We are. It says we are working to have it available in the stores by next week. Um, again, the release date is August twenty seventh. So this is coming up just over two weeks from now. And this is the first release of the game. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So it seems like they've changed the title a couple of times. I think they changed it once. So at first it was just Baldo. Um, and then it was um, then it was Baldo the Guardian Owls. I forget what trailer it was, but they, they had a trailer where it was announced as such. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a game I'm definitely looking into. So, And I just wanted to get that information out there. Yeah. Rumorland time? I think it's time. All right, cool. I don't know how much of this is rumor. How much is... I, I, it's, a, it's rumor, so let's just get into it. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a big time rumor. But it's, it's not necessarily a rumor. It's kind of almost been confirmed by multiple outlets at this point. Nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stomp hard on this one and, and go against the grain. I'm Something shocked. I usually don't do. I'm shocked. <laughs> All right. Xenoblade voice actress implies a new game is in the works, which is true. See? Says it right there. We don't need to move any further. Uh, so in June of this year, Xenoblade, a Xenoblade fan held a particularly significant interview with actress Jenna Coleman. Coleman, who is primarily known for her roles as Clara Oswald on TV, uh, in on TV Institution. I don't know what that means. Uh, so she's in Doctor Who and Jasmine Thomas in the soap opera Emmerdale. Uh, was also Melia in the first Xenoblade Chronicles over a decade ago. She appeared in a video chat with the YouTube channel Din's Meteorite, a smaller gaming channel with around 33 subscribers. Wow. We should be we should be trying to do this a little more often. 33? Uh, yeah. Uh, to talk to uh, to talk about several subjects, including her time spent on Xenoblade Chronicles and the recent expanded Switch remaster, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. Uh, so let's get into the crux of why we're talking about this. Um, let's see. Where is the... Uh, I'm having trouble finding it now. I had it highlighted. Uh, this is embarrassing. Where she basically comes out to say that Oh no. Musing about her first role in Zimbabwe, I'm just going to read through it. <laughs> Musing about her first role in Xenoblade Chronicles, Coleman said, God, when when was the first game? Ten years ago? It was a long time ago. I did pre-order Doctor Who days, and when they did the second one, they asked me to come back, and I think they're going to do another. Uh, Coleman paused. Common knowledge? Don't know. Yeah, I think they're going to do another. Not sure if I'm allowed to say that. That's the quote. Uh, so it's, that's the quote that's kind of caused all sorts of things. You know, there's going to be another Xenoblade Chronicles. 
Now, is it going to be another Xenoblade Chronicles, or is it going to be something else that they're working on, and they're just going to... Because these guys tend to have... Not these guys. A lot of developers, if, they, if they've if they worked with voice actress, they tend to work with them again. So it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be another Xenoblade Chronicles. We already know that Monolith Soft is, 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 go, is working on something else, whether it's another Xenoblade title or com- something completely different. We, we also have inklings that they're working on two different things at one time. Yeah. I, so here's the thing. Monolith doesn't actually work with the same voice actors all that often. There was a big cast difference between Xenoblade and Xenoblade 2 and Xenoblade X. Like all three of them, more more of the voice actors were not <laughs> uh, there for for multiple games than there were uh I guess uh re uh repeats repeat yeah, coming back come back so yeah. I would rather default to this being you know what this kind of kind of screams at for me is that she wants to do the next Xenoblade 3 whatever that is. She doesn't know that there's a three. Uh, She's just assuming because it's been a bit of time and she wants to be there. She's essentially fishing for work. Like, hey, don't forget me. Like, I still exist. I could still do voice work. (laughs) That's what it seems like to me. No, I'm trying to remember where I saw it, but I do remember seeing more confirmation that it is Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Yeah, so uh, over at my Nintendo News, uh, they did a report on another person who did a mentioning here. So this is more uh, rumory stuff. So Imran Khan uh, (laughs) says that Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is nearing end of development at Monolith Soft. uh, And then they kind of strap it on with saying that the voice actor seemingly confirms too. So with this article, uh, they even have the quote uh, from uh, Coleman uh, and Imran Khan. um, Imran Khan. uh, The quote from him is, uh, quote, according to our sources here, we can indeed confirm that that to be the case. Moreover, the game is nearing its final stages of development but its release date may be held back for any number of reasons. The third Xenoblade Chronicles game in development at Monolith Soft is a sequel to Xenoblade Chronicles 2, currently the best-selling game in the series. So, uh, to me, that quote just screams complete BS because (laughs) (laughs) Xenoblade 2 was not a sequel to Xenoblade 1, there is a connection there, but they are two different worlds. Right. Uh, and that is most likely going to be the case with Xenoblade 3. Monolith Soft isn't the kind of studio that makes sort of direct sequels uh, using the same characters. And that's kind of what we're hearing, is that there's going to be uh, the some ensemble of the same characters potentially on the same world as Xenoblade 2. If they were going to do that, they would have done that for Torna the old, the Golden Country. Right, but it doesn't mean they can't break their trend. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, with the success of two, maybe they feel like they can continue that story. Maybe it'll be a melting pot of Xenoblade Chronicles 1, because you did say there was a connection there. Maybe that connection will be Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Um, nah, not happening. I mean, just look at Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles X, right? Like, right. none of the three Xenoblade games have had a crossover of worlds uh, or or a, a sequel to the world that it takes place in or the characters. Right. Very loose connections, and that's kind of it. And I guess the characters, if you want to say that there's a cross between characters, would be like the enemies, kind of like what Final Fantasy does with, like, uh, whatever. Ch- the- Choco- Chocobos. I mean, Chocobos. it's not an enemy, but yeah. There's, yeah, always, there's always some common, common factor there. Yeah, and I mean, it will be a sequel, but it's not going to... Xenoblade 3 is not going to be a sequel where we're going to see Rex and Pyra and Mithra and, and, and anyone else of that ensemble there. Maybe they make like some weird like cross-connection like, like they did uh, at moments where maybe something like that happens, but it's not going to be a a significant thing. It's going to be its own cast, its own ensemble of characters, its mm-hmm. own world. Uh, I really don't see. I I think the Titan thing will probably happen again because that seems to be a very Xenoblade thing to do is to have like these big giant worlds with uh, where you're walking on a Titan on some part of it and the Titan is looks like something. Mm-hmm. I could see them bringing it back, but everything else, um, yeah, probably not. All right, I, I, I mean, uh, this guy's I, pretty, pretty linked in. I think too. Sure, sure, I can see that, but you know, this is like the safest. If this, uh, this prediction, prediction is like the safest prediction in the world. Like, of course, they're making a sequel to Xenoblade Chronicles or to the, to the Xenoblade series, right? Mm-hmm. That's a no-brainer. They're, they're definitely doing it. And it's been in development for many years now. Yeah, we've, we've talked about it so many times, you know, exactly. how, how, well, how well they're doing, number one, as a studio, and then how and they're... And how hiring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, like, the safest prediction to make, uh, and, to, and they're just piggybacking off of an, a a voice actress that is potentially pseudo fishing for more work, which is perfectly <laughs> fine. I don't blame her. I hope she does get uh, uh, a new role in whatever new Xenoblade game that is coming out. But to state that this is something that people have looked at and know definitively that it's almost complete, this is guesswork at best. Yeah, maybe. I, I think there's something a little more with more substance here. He's got to. He's got to know something, um, but that, again, that's just me being hopeful as well, too. So, uh, it's a safe bet. So, I I am on the ballpark of saying, yeah, of course, it's near complete, sure, but no one knows. <laughs> yeah. Um. Also, while you're talking, it looks like I um IGN uh leaked, not leaked, but they kind of jumped the gun on releasing a Shin Megami Tensei 5 trailer. Oh. Um the newest one. Oh. And I'm it looks it looks rather I think it looks good. I'm I'm rather interested in I've never played SMT games, so this one kind of really is is 
catching my eye. So anyway, by the time you guys hear this, that will already be out. It's it's it looks like it's it's got less gameplay, more you know cinematic stuff. Um, yeah, so it's more of a narrative type of trailer. I am looking at it right now and and perusing, 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 glancing, glancing as as they say in the biz. I don't know. I don't know what that means. <laughs> new Met- Metroid uh, Dread teaser. Nintendo. Let me just before we get into this new Metroid Dread teaser video. Nintendo has been all over this. They are just promoting this so heavily. They are so into Metroid Dread right now, which is awesome. I kind of wish we got the Prime. I can't like they're doing this for Metroid Dread, which some people aren't happy about. I don't understand why. Um, maybe it's because it's not their Metroid Prime, but. I can't wait to see what they do with that when that is released. Yeah, that and that, um, what's it like a minute long? And of that minute, only like 40 seconds of it is actual like footage from the game. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks so good. And they're definitely hammering in a bit more on on sort of the story elements cryptically very cryptically it's no. it's very much a teaser they're teasing the story stuff in metroid and i am super excited for it they got a chozo in there a living chozo that is the the one thing that is awesome by the way the one thing that has always been kind of hit or miss for me with with metroid games and all Again, you have to remember, I haven't played Prime games, okay? Our, our story beats or story elements. Like, they're there, but they're not really, like... They don't really hit home that well. Again, these are the, the other Metroids I play. I don't know what it's like in Prime. But this one's got, like, really awesome-looking cutscenes. It looks like a lot more polished than, than what, I, what I normally... What I remember, anyway. Uh, again, you've played the Prime games. Am I out of out of touch here, or, or what? Well, Prime is very different from Metroid games. Yeah, uh, right, right. From the the typical two D Metroid games, Prime. Think of Prime like Dark Souls. And in fact, the the storytelling of the Souls games wouldn't be there if it wasn't for Prime. Prime started that way of telling stories, where the story's there. But you got to discover it. You ain't getting no cutscenes. Yeah. Prime did that. That whole sort of like discovery element of it. That's all that's all prime type stuff. Reading into the details of of artifact descriptions and lore, weird, wavy water lore. (laughs) (laughs) See, I don't I don't mind that type of uh, storytelling, but I, I would just I would really like to see it done differently in metroid where it, you know it's it's the the uh because typically there aren't many npcs in metroid games that you know so you don't have a lot of that in there and I, and i would love to see more of that because i would like to see metroid go even further like go into the animated type of stuff where they're into the tv world not necessarily movie world but you know expanded universe type of stuff yeah. and, and i'm kind of get, getting those vibes with metroid uh dread well, um, in Metroid, uh, the Metroid 2 remake that they did, um, they definitely touched more on story, but 
in pretty much all the Metroid games, the story is in the moment. It is what you are doing with Samus is the story. Uh, probably the best Metroid game for a story is going to be Super Metroid. Uh, for how they handle it, that that to me seems like the, the best of the balance. It tells you all you need to know at the very beginning, and then the rest of it is pretty much show, don't tell. They just mm-hmm. show it, but, or actually it's more like play, don't show. Right. Because you're playing out the story of what happens, and they they leave sort of things in the background as you as you encounter them is how the story gets told especially with the with the baby metroid and so between metroid 2 and 3 and fusion they went heavier on the storytelling where there is the uh the ship ai that's having a dialogue discussion with you um and you're and you're getting your orders directly from the the Galactic Federation for what your mission is and what you need to do and you're reporting back to them to get the next sort of uh, heads up of what you need to do for your mission. All that stuff is in Metroid Fusion. So they did add more elements of of sort of narrative um, storytelling into Fusion, mm. but not too much. And then when they went really cutscene heavy, is they there is cutscenes in uh, Metroid Zero Mission, so the remake of the original Metroid game, but they did it in such a way where it was more so uh, flashbacks, okay, or, and and sort of backstory segments, and they focused. They definitely um, they did a really good job toning down the storytelling as compared to what Fusion did in Metroid Zero Mission, but without. Uh, but still given enough there and they kept that element of of solitude of of being alone and by yourself in this strange alien hostile alien world type thing so they really did did a great job on zero mission and then other m is probably the one where they went too heavy on the cutscene driven storytelling type of antics uh way too heavy on that and they also uh probably went a little bit too heavy on a little bit too heavy on that on metroid prime 3 corruption so it it kind of depends they they it fluctuates between you know heavy-handed storytelling and more of like what you play through is the story right they and it seems like with dread they're probably going to do something what if what it seems like it's going to be is going to be something along the lines of Metroid Zero Mission style uh, storytelling uh, and perhaps Super Metroid because they referenced it uh, in some of their little dev updates. So there's that. And I'm excited. I'm very excited. Yeah. They're definitely treating Metroid better than they treated Zelda for the 35th anniversary. <laughs> All right, let's let's get into uh, the the main topic here. So the Indie World Showcase, uh, this was actually today. So what better timing for our 100th episode? We get the Indie World Showcase. There are a lot of games here. Um, there are at least 14, 15 maybe announcements, and there were quite a number of RPGs. And just to uh, 
just to kind of go to the uh, the first RPG. Uh, let's. Uh, the first one was uh, the first announcement was Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, which looks like a Jet Set Radio type of game. Yeah, like a fan made Jet Set or Jet Grind style game. Yeah. 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 Uh, next one uh, was Tome. T O E M. Uh, kind of a very minimalistic design um, Pokemon Snap. Let's just call it that, I guess. Yeah, in black and white and um, with an isometric view instead of being like this. It's it's more of like a Pokemon Snap, but if Pokemon Snap were an RPG with an interactive world, because uh, there are quests that you do in, in Tome. So it is more adventure role-playing um like uh than it than it is pokemon snap so it's oh. uh yeah because you're talking to npcs they got like little questy missions for you you're walking around this this i guess this neighborhood world thing yeah we we, we just need to find a better article that kind of describes all these games because i you know i did i did watch it obviously but um obviously not 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 close enough because I, I didn't think that was an RPG at all. I would say it's it's an RPG without combat. Yeah. And okay. like um Yeah, I mean or or an adventure style game where you're using the camera. Um it, it doesn't have character it doesn't look like it has character progression, which is probably one of the main staples of, of RPGs. Right. So it doesn't have that, and it doesn't have combat, but it does have a interactive, immersive, seemingly somewhat open-ish world with multiple characters, and you're exchanging dialogue with them and doing quests. So um, yeah. it's got that. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just I just figured it was more more of a, a puzzle type of game, um, but okay, very nice. Uh, then next we have a Loop Hero. Loop Hero. It looks really kind of kind of interesting to me uh it looks very uh i don't i don't know how, again i'm not sure how to describe this but it's it's a pixel art um deck is it deck building um just... adventure building adventure building yeah it's so it's weird um i'm super excited for this game but it's it's weird it's like you're getting cards. I think they're cards or like tiles. Yeah, let me just uh, read a small description here. Loop Hero from Four Quarters or slash Devolver Digital. Instead of playing as the hero in this innovative card-based RPG, you must craft the world that the hero travels through. Use an expanded, expanding deck of mystical cards, place enemies, buildings, and terrain along each unique expedition loop that the hero explores. Powerful loot can be recovered and equipment for each class of hero. And the more loops you complete, the more options expand with new expand with new cards. Heroes, hero classes, and guardian bosses being unlocked along the way. Loop Hero launches for the Nintendo Switch this winter. So yeah, yeah that's a really interesting kind of I guess loop. <laughs> game game loop where you're actually building the world. As, as you play. Yeah, and, and the character kind of loops. It's a circle. They're completing, they're walking the path that eventually loops back on itself. Mm -hmm. And you're augmenting what they're going to encounter 
with each loop by adding things along the path, adding sort of terrain tiles via these cards. Uh, looks like terrain tiles to me. Right. Uh, to the to the board state and you're placing them in certain locations sometimes you want to place it away from the path sometimes you want to place it directly on the path or near the path and that will change up uh whether treasure chests pop up for the for the car- for the hero to encounter or uh little bosses or or enemies whatever like just weird things happen it it's very different which is why I'm I'm definitely excited for it. I watched some guy play it on PC for a bit and i was just so like mesmerized by how different that game was yeah that definitely definitely different it looks really interesting um next announcement again i don't believe these are rpgs uh far um changing tides is the name of the game uh necro barista is that an rpg let's see here. that's a uh visual novel side of rpgs yeah, a lot of these like visual novel type games are are really kind of almost they're they're getting those RPG elements right. So you we're we're starting to see more of them as RPGs, which is it's cool. Uh, Necro, what I say, barista. It doesn't look like it's uh, oh, it is on the yeah on the eShop here. Let's see what they have it tagged as indie adventure role-playing lifestyle and that's typically what 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 i'm talking about that's how they categorize it on the eShop, where um where, again where you're seeing these these basically they're visual novels you're basically running down dialogue trees and sometimes you you do gain stats depending on what you chose or choose to do uh, but that's basically what it is it's kind of your visual novel um type game let me just read a a quick description uh in a story about coffee and death this enemy style visual novel follows a dynamic cast of characters as they navigate a fantasy melbourne's coffee culture the the questionable ethics of necromancy and the process of letting go this expanded director's cut of the original game features new story content and remastered visuals there's even a new studio mode where players can create their own dialogue and stories necro necro barista the final pour will launch as a timed exclusive for the nintendo switch out now actually uh so that was one of the uh one of the the drops uh so that is available now and let me see if it has a a price on here it's kind of currently has a uh a discount uh and it's discounted at or to 18 dollars and 69 cents normally $22. All right, what do we have next here? Next oh. garden story. Well, yeah, garden story. I know quite a number of people who are interested in in garden story. Um, let me see here. Let me read a description on garden story. Garden story from before I read this, this was one of the games that I've been I've been asking the or, or talking to the publishers. I've been asking them for review codes because we do have a member of the staff who's interested in this, and they've been radio silent. They've said nothing, ever, nothing, nada, and then here we are. The game is out. Um, anyway, uh, Garden Story from Picogram uh, slash Rose City Games. Become the guardian of the grove and explore 
a vibrant island to inspire its inhabitants. Fend off invasive rot and rebuild your home. Take on requests from the villagers, solve puzzles, and do everything you can to help restore the community. Garden Story launches as a time-exclusive later today. So this is, again, another uh, drop from the indie, indie showcase here. Yeah, maybe they were being tight-lipped because it was going to be a shadow drop on for for this event today. Yeah, yeah, I don't like them. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> um, but it, it's it's got a very whimsical pixel art type of uh, aesthetic to it. Very much reminds me of um, a cross of Stardew Valley and you know something a little more you know combat oriented. I guess you could call it. But it's got a lot of puzzles. It's got a lot of gardens and farms and all that stuff. Um, I, I've grown to not dislike Stardew Valley, but just games like Stardew Valley. They just, I don't know, they're just like work. I don't want to work when I'm playing games. I think we've talked about this many times before. I feel you. You feel me? You don't feel me. You don't know me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> though all right next announcement for rpgs again there were just so many um which is nice because i i, I want to say in the the past i guess maybe the last indie direct there weren't that many i think it was the last one there weren't many rpgs but we got we got a lot of them this time all right next all right. we have a uh, boyfriend dungeon from kitfox games in this heartfelt dungeon crawling dating sim Use in-game cash you earn from fighting monsters to woo your weapons on romantic outings. Multiple combat styles just mean more cuties to forge relationships with. Boyfriend Dungeon launches on the Nintendo Switch later today. Again, another another one that was just dropped. And um, it was asked of Kitbox Games whether or not you, it was just going to be boyfriends, um, and you can get girlfriends. You, so again, it, it, it that's just the name of the title. I, again, I don't know how that fits story wise, but again, don't let the story or the name um, sway you from that. It it's it looks like a um, a hack and slash RPG, uh, not not looking like. Diablo, but you know, it's kind of got this maybe the same mechanics, I guess you could call it. I, I would say Hades, right? More recent style. Uh... Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that it's a, um, like a rogue type game. That is a good point. It might not be have, it might not have the roguelike elements, but it actually might. I, I'm, I'm guessing it does have the randomness factor in there. Hmm. Uh, yeah, you're going through a dungeon, and it's got the isometric view, and it's action-based combat, and you are attacking stuff, and eventually dodging their attacks, and then re-attacking. <laughs> and your weapon is your boyfriend. So. Yes, your weapon is your significant other. So yeah, date up to nine weapons. This is from, so it's twenty dollars on the eShop. Again, available now. Uh, date up to nine weapons from dancing swords to heart piercing daggers. Uh, generated action combat dunge and challenges. Stay sharp. Um, various combat styles, for example, hit hard and dodge quickly with a dagger or take on crowds with a lightsaber. Nice. 
<laughs> take, let's get to the point. Take your weapon babes on romantic outings, such as to the club or the beach. <laughs> Very interesting. Uh, so next game announced is something that I already talked about, and that was uh, Axiom Verge 2. No one cares. Move on. No, I'm only, <laughs> I'm only kidding. And they dropped it today, and I got to start playing it. So I'll have more to say on that. I'm definitely going to beat it because I really enjoyed the first game, and the story of the first game is way out there. It's it's in wacky land, and this game, at the very least, its story is definitely going to be out there in wacky land, and I'm super excited for that. Yeah, I'm looking at the different... Like, I know you when you had mentioned that you were just saying that, you know, you're in, in Antarctica, you know, that, that sort of environment... I'm watching some of the the kind of the gameplay of it. There's a, a lot of different biomes here. There's you know, un, you're underwater. Yep. Um, so th- there's got to be more. Obviously, there's got to be more variety to to just what you've experienced. Oh, there is. There yeah. definitely is. It's just um, you just didn't like the opening sequence. That's that's what it comes down to. Uh. Well, yes, definitely don't like the opening sequence. It's it's just something feels off. It okay. doesn't feel like like it got the the level design and the world design got the TLC that it needed to. And there's certainly not much of a mystery factor there because of of the visual difference uh, between this world and the first Axiom Verge's world, the first Axiom Verge world was out there. That was alien. That was very alien. Like mm-hmm. nothing, nothing was recognizable. It was also the, the graphics were a little bit more leaning towards the eight bit side of things. Whereas this one is uh, more clearly leaning into the 16 bit style graphics. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, it's you're in Ant- Antarctica, which is, pretty recognizable and then you go into this other world and it's still kind of like yep yeah, that's a bush that's a tree those are rocks uh that's grass over there so it, it's still very recognizable <laughs> still so okay all right well you know jury's still out there i will say i think on metacritic i saw that it's already been rated uh about 80 I think that was the number I remember. I'd have to relook at it, but it two or three. Okay, yeah. still very solid game. Yep. So far. <laughs> so far. All right. Uh, moving on here, there were uh, they spent a lot of time on Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon. Uh, no interest in my area. Um, in my mind, how about you? Yeah, man. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Ah, this looks great. I, I think I missed. I missed out on Shovel Knight. I I never I never played it, and I don't know that I want. I know this is very different than the the other shovel knights. I know it's, that. Yeah, yeah. Very. It's it's just not. I don't know. It's just not for me. Um, I think so. They're tackling the puzzle action weird dungeon. They're they're doing a sort of a, a mashup of genres. Yeah, a pretty good way. And shovel knight was kind of like a mashup of. Of like traditional Nintendo, games. yeah, platformy type of games, like old school platformers, and this one lo- just looks like a mishmash of 
of very specific games as well uh, being mashed together and it and doing their own little Shovel Knight spin on it. I'm super excited. It kind of also seems like it's slightly inspired by um, what's that uh, rhythm Candy, game? Candy Necro- Crush. No. Uh, the 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 Necro Dancer one. Okay. Uh, yep. Crypto. crypto- yeah, Crypto Necro Dancer. Yeah. So it kind of seems like a little inspired by that. Maybe not. I, I could be way off, but yeah, I'm excited. This this looks like it's going to be good. It's got uh, it's got an overworld element to it. Like, how could you not be excited? Like I said, I think I missed the whole missed that boat, man. I Shovel Knight does just not do it for me. It looks like uh, it, it's going to have like this world that you're going to explore then when you're going into dungeons it's going to do this weird puzzle room things explode everywhere kind of thing it just got that arcade fun quick fun, quick yeah silly. it looks like it's got some you know uh like versus mode and co-op mechanics and all that stuff i don't know ain't for me man ain't for me it's potentially very much for me so <laughs> All right, next game was that it was announced. I don't think it's an RPG. It's called Islanders. Yep. Um, we'll just move on from there. City-building game. Yeah, city-building game. Not like your SimCity. Man, do I miss that game. The original, Super Nintendo original. Um, the next RPG was Metal Slug Tactics. Yeah. You're liking that one, huh? Uh, well, I I kind of knew it was going to come to the Switch, but it's great to finally get it confirmed, and I'm a little sad that they announced it for next year. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I am super excited for this. This game looks hot. It looks I'm, super hot. I'm just Can't wondering. Wait. I mean, it just looks so complete. Like, why is it taking so long? Because they're making an excellent game, and yeah. I take as long as they need that's fine just don't do it you know don't do a digimon and just promise at the end of the year and then all of a sudden two years later is when it's actually coming out yeah right all right so metal Metal select tactics from leaker i think i'm saying that right leaker studio and dot emu a fresh take on metal slug that moves the classic action franchise into a new dimension metal slug tactics retains fan favorite elements such as detailed pixel art and explosive action but adds tactical combat mechanics and roguelike elements to the mix control familiar metal slug heroes such as marco tarma fio and eri in a in fast-paced dynamic battles as a tactical game positioning is key placing your troops correctly on the battlefield can activate a sync skill while multiple heroes deal extra damage to the enemy. Get ready for an all-new Metal Slug experience when Metal Slug Tactics launches for the Nintendo Switch in 2022. That is a long way away. Yep. Yep. And forgot to mention they have they have vehicles. You can do the vehicle stuff in this as well. And the sync attack stuff they showed off a little bit. And mm-hmm. yeah, it looks yeah. good. What's really cool. What's yep. really cool is, is like it's mostly pixel art. Like everything is pixel art, and then every once in a while, like you'll see like when a character does something, like an, an action where they're they're shooting a gun or whatever. Like you see their icon, their player icon coming in. It's a totally different uh, art style, but it just looks so freaking cool. You, do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. 
but you're right. Yeah, there there are there are vehicles. What was awesome is like as they're expanding their because it's it's a small. If you think of like into the breach, right? It's kind of a small scale uh, tactical grid base there. And then what happens is what I saw in one of the scenes, I guess, is as they got closer to the edge, or maybe something happened, like a whole new grid or you know battle arena just got placed right aside it. Yeah, the environment gets expanded. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that that was awesome. I I love seeing that. Yeah, it's uh there that's something that you traditionally don't get in tactical RPGs and so they're doing I guess to call it like dynamic terrain. Mhm. Uh or no, 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 no. There was this game like a few years back they they coined the term levolution. So, we'll just call this Levolution in a tactics game, and they <laughs> added it in, and it looks great. Uh, Smash Brothers did Levolution too, right? Where they they took two different levels, and they would one would merge, and then all of a sudden the first level was gone. And now you're in the second world, yeah, mid through a Smash match. Yeah, that, that's a different example, but yeah, they're expanding the level, so it's the the level. Uh, not only are you worrying about the encounter and the random events that can happen in an encounter, but I guess the level itself that you're in, the battle that you're in, can dynamically, ch- potentially dynamically change, or just change up as the the events unfurl and the and the level changes. the The terrain itself, the environment itself, will change fairly dramatically, uh, right. and not expand. Things get destroyed and blown up. I mean, it is a Metal Slug game, so there will be lots of explosions. Right. And and just the final shot in the trailer is like this this big boss type thing, and it's just like all made of all made of metal. It looks like a giant cobra. It, it looks so cool. You think it looks like a cobra? I think it looks like a metal slug. I'm not. I'm. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Next was. Um, Tetris effect connected. This is probably where I went to the bathroom. Um, because I mean, yes, visually it looks, looks cool, but I'm just not, not into Tetris anymore ever really. Um, so I have this game on PS4. The game is great. It is phenomenal, but I already have it. So I would say to those who haven't played it, uh, and this is going to be an enhanced version of Tetris Effect. You're in for something. You're in for a treat because Tetris Effect is an excellent Tetris game. Uh, it has a very good sort of um, uh, difficulty curve for it. Uh, it's it's a very uh, not visual visceral. It's a very visceral feeling type of game there's it it just feels good to play it's very mm. immersive and and it puts you in the zone and the zone is a gameplay mechanic <laughs> <laughs> and it's cool it's real cool i highly i highly recommend this game i'm glad it's coming to the switch if i didn't already have it i would have been all over this i would pre ordered this yeah it just reminds me of um something similar to what we already had or at least you know it was timed and it was Tetris Tetris effect. I think that's what it was. Uh, 
You mean well, Tetris 99? 99, sorry, yeah, 99. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm just... I'm just not into those Tetris's Tetris's games. Maybe so, that's that's my thing with this new Shovel Knight because it looks like it's got some. It's not, I know it's not Tetris, but it just reminds me of that. Yeah. After that um, Tetris effect, we got like a quick smattering of games. There was one called Astroneer where you're exploring. What's that word where uh, or that game that came out a few years ago that was hyped up and then didn't live up to the hype where you're in outer space? Oh, No Man's Land. No Man's Land. No Man's Man's Sky. Sorry. That's it. Yeah. It looks like that, except way lower budget um, visually. Hmm. So that's Astroneer. It could be good. I don't know. Uh, I could be way off on summarizing it like that, but I can't really say too much because they only showed like 10 seconds of it. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't, game. They didn't show much. <laughs> Called 100 Days Wine Making Simulator, and it's a game about making wine. So, I mean, this has both of our names written all over it. I mean, being, being Portuguese, we're both Portuguese, making like this is like, this is just real life. Yeah. We don't make games about real life. <laughs> So there's that. Uh, I don't know. That could be real good. Um, I'm actually slightly uh, excited for that wine. You would just dominate the game. (laughs) There's no need to play it. There's no need. There's no. There's no fun in that. I I take it to my grandfather. He's like, "Eh." (laughs) (laughs) two thumbs down. Or you know what? He might be like two thumbs up. Best game he's ever played, and it's the only game he ever played. Because it's the only game he knows how to play, right? Exactly. He'll be like a pro at it immediately. (laughs) (laughs) With his uh, wine barrels in the basement, he'll Mm -hmm. like uh, immerse himself. That's Uh, right. Another game was uh, Slime Rancher uh, Lordable Edition. So this game already came out, but I guess they uh, ported it over to the Switch and gave it this uh, Lordable edition name and it's weird it's first person you're making slimes and it's kind of like a farming thing as well but you're also using the slimes to like solve puzzles right um, it's and it's available now and, it's available now. and then uh there's another one that they showed off called lumber bear uh, or lumber jack so it's lumber and bear combined lumber uh-huh. jack I, I see what they did i see yeah. what they did and you're playing as a bear. It's an isometric action game. It has, uh, it's a little cartoony on its uh, antics. Um, it's weird. That's all I can say. And then uh, probably the last one of their sort of quick sort of shows or quick displayed games is one called Curious Expedition 2. And the art in this game is cool i like it yeah it's not it's not like good art it's definitely not bad art it's just it's a very distinct style art that you typically see in like illustrated books for kids in like the 80s and 90s right no that's <laughs> right I, of that. i'm i'm trying to yeah this is the same uh it's the same publisher i don't know if it's the same uh developer uh as steam world this is this is their next game. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. 
Oh yeah, yeah Thunder, Thunderful. Okay. Yep. yep. Yeah. The, so they kind of changed their their naming. Um, this is yeah. This is their their. I, again, I don't know if it's the same developer. Yep. Some Thunderful kind of turned into a publisher as well, so it, it's kind of hard to to differentiate that. Let me let me just look into that. But I think I think it is though. Uh, well, this game is definitely a uh, turn-based RPG of sorts, mm-hmm. and it looks uh, weird and wacky. The only thing I kind of don't like visually is the overworld, where where the map is 3D, and yeah. there are 2D things on the map, but there's also like I guess it's the mountains. They look awful, like real bad, and the terrain, the 3D terrain, it just looks real ugly with it the just rest. looks out of place yes exactly very out of place so that's the part that i'm not digging but the mm. rest of the visuals is like it looks it looks cool there's yeah. a giant enemy crab they brought back the giant enemy crab <laughs> um and this game is out now is it yeah available now twenty dollars Oh my goodness! Yeah, right. and and it is it is Thunderful Games, um, or Thunderful the publisher, not the developer. So, um, they're the folks who published and developed SteamWorld, the SteamWorld games. But yeah. that doesn't matter either way. It's it, you're right. It does definitely has that art book kind of like or illustrative early illustration uh, type of book uh, look to it. Very interesting look, but it, there are some elements like you had mentioned in the overworld where the mountains just look, they look, they look wrong. They look out of place where everything else is kind of, kind of got the dark outline, that sort of stuff, except for those mountains. Maybe if they drew those in, um, or, you know, if they were actually an asset and not part of like the already done background, cause that's what it looks like they're, they are, you know, yeah. that's what it needed to be. It needed to be a sprite. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the second to last game, which we're not going to really discuss, is Gang Beast. It's not really an RPG, and it's very memey. So yeah. uh, now we move on to the main course, and I'll let you take it away because I know you want to. <laughs> you don't. You don't have to let me take it away, but I will. Uh, the last game was Eastward. Eastward. I've been talking about this, and I'm no—I know I'm not alone. Uh, I don't want to—I don't want to be like I've been, you know, I'm—I'm I'm in the front of the marching line, you know, beating this drum. But I feel like I was. <laughs> I've been—I've been talking about Eastward for such a long time. It's actually one of my spotlight videos on, on the on YouTube. I did over over a year ago, um, and they just—they've gotten. IGN had an exclusive where you could, they show off 25 minutes of gameplay looks phenomenal i didn't watch all of it because i i want to be surprised but whoever did this this latest trailer i I think it's a release date trailer that's what they're calling it they did a freaking fantastic job because it got i don't know how much more hyped i could have gotten but i got even more hyped it just it was done so in my opinion it was done really really well and this is a small development studio uh, i know chucklefish is kind of behind in it they're the pr guys the publishers but um this is a very very small studio the game has already gotten delayed which is fine uh, as long as the the end product comes that comes out is good and it just looks good what one thing that i really like about it, obviously it's got the great pixel art great dynamic lighting but the music is freaking spot on to what this game is saying absolutely love 
the music. I, I think that's the best part of it. Uh, I, what some common complaints I've heard is when the uh, when the dialogue is going or the text is going, kind of like that. You know, older games have like that typewriter sound or whatever. Uh, this kind of has a weird kind of. It's a different sound, and some people were annoyed by that. I saw uh, some comments on that, but either way, I, I think that I, I'm just so much more excited for this game than I didn't think it was possible. Uh, and they gave us a release date of September 16th, so it's coming out in just over a month now. Can't I cannot wait for this game. We we re, at Switch RPG, I, we all took part of it. We we came up with our list of uh, our top most anticipated game, and I'm gonna be honest, I didn't have this as number one. After seeing the gameplay or some of the gameplay and after seeing this, it is my, it is my, it's the top dog. I, I gotta, I, we gotta revamp that whole list. Everybody's got to resubmit all their lists now. Oh man. My number one originally uh, was Sea of Stars. It's kind of like a, um, I think it's Sabotage Studios, the guys who, who did uh, The Messenger. But they're doing some kind of. It's not a riff off of Chrono Trigger, but it's very it's inspired by Chrono Trigger. Again, it's pixel art. It's got really cool dynamic lighting. But this 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 game just does it for me right now. Eastward. It's it's really it's all I'm going to be thinking about now. <laughs> I, I mean, am I out of out of base here? Like you you didn't like it, did you? You didn't like no, it. It looks it looks real good. It's probably one of the the best looking. Uh, games of the bunch aside from like maybe metal slug tactics uh and for you for you uh you're leaning heavier on eastward and for me i'm leaning heavier on metal slug tactics metal slug tactics was my number two uh pick and okay so uh so like i'm 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 hyped i'm just not i'm hyped for at the same level before that game and you're hyped at the at that level for this game, so I'm I'm curious though, what was your number one? Was it Breath of the Wild two? Absolutely. Okay, I just wish we knew uh, if it was going to be an RPG. That's all. Yeah, we don't know if Eastward's going to be an RPG or not. No, 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 no. Breath of the Wild two. Breath of the Wild two, <laughs> yes, is the definition of what an RPG is going to be. Yes. We don't even know. We have no clue. Oh man, yeah. For but for Eastward, like if you're listening to this podcast and you have no idea what Eastward is, definitely do yourselves a favor. Just just check it out. I, I think it's going to be worth it, and it's priced right at twenty five dollars. Um, I think that's that's perfect. Let me just confirm confirm that. I think that's what I saw last. Da, 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 come on, yeah. It's a pre order, uh, early pre order for twenty two forty nine. Normal price will be $25. I think that's priced perfectly. And from what I have read, it's going to be about 30 hours of uh, gameplay. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much an ideal length, I would say, for, for an RPG that I'd want to go through. Yeah. Unless they're, like, absolutely wowing me and have me on, on the hook, I'll go for longer. But 30 feels feels like a good number. Yeah, it definitely feels like a good number. Um, so yeah, oh man, I, I I just I don't know I don't know what it was about that trailer. It just 
it really just did it for me. I wasn't expecting it either. So that was, that was actually cool. Was let's now wrap. Would you give this grade? Um, like what would you give for a grade on this? On this whole direct or, here, right, the so showcase. An indie game or an indie presentation. And for indie presentations, I would give this probably like a solid B plus. Cause this was, it had pretty much everything. Uh, it was well-rounded. It had multiple games of multiple different genres uh, present there. It had games for, for you know, a good swath of, of play styles and, mm-hmm. and, and to cater towards different types of, uh, of gamers. And it had all that. Some of them weren't at, weren't, didn't appear to be the, the best of the best. Like, you know, like, like uh, the Hades of of its genre or what have you. Yeah. But some of these, some of these look really promising and, and some of them are, are really good. And the fact that, I don't know, like half of these games released today. Yeah. It's also a very uh, impressive thing. So that, that's that's why I'm sticking with a B plus. Like, I do wish the quality of the games were a bit better uh something with more more some more games with a little bit more budget behind it but other than that like it was solid and you can't complain when a game that uh that you're looking forward to releases on that day that you're seeing the trailer for it so right right and i think i might even lean towards a minus because you're right there was something but I definitely agree with B plus. I think there was just really like you had mentioned, there was just something for everyone. Um there was there were the game releases for that day or the same day. There were game releases a little bit out into the future, so there was some outlook there. And yeah, there was just it was just overall it was just an excellent, excellent showcase. Were there any games that you were maybe hoping to see that weren't didn't show? Uh, games I was hoping to see that didn't show. Uh, it, it has to be indie stuff. So I would say it would be indie stuff. Oh, you know what? There are. You just pull up my little list. Of yeah, that, that that's kind of what I was doing here. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Um, uh, let me go over mine. I just had a couple that I was kind of really hoping to see. One of which was Sports Story, the sequel, or yeah, the sequel to Golf Story. I was really thinking we would see something there because I I feel like we're close to release date on that, but I was just wanting to see more. Maybe um, I don't maybe an actual release date because I don't think we have it yet. No, we don't have anything. So I was hoping for that, and I was also hoping for something on Fay Tactics. Yes. Yeah, we knew that game was coming out, or we know this game is coming to the Switch. We've known it for a while. But they've been they've also been very, very quiet. So I was maybe hoping for something there, but nothing. I am waiting with bated breath on that one. Another one I'm waiting on is Wildermyth. Oh yeah. That was uh definitely one I'm I'm hoping that we get to hear more of at some point. There are some uh weird offshoots. Um Gordian Quest kinda looks good. Um and I hope they uh, announce it for Switch at some point. Uh, it's still in development, but uh, it's kind of looking good. I don't know too much more about it. And another one I am also excited for because it's 
it looks like Tactics Ogre and fans of Tactics Ogre are making it uh, of some sort. Uh, it's called Arcadian Atlas. And that's another one. We already have a couple of sort of uh, tactics style RPGs hmm. on the Switch. Uh, there's actually a, I forgot what the series is called. And they're like, I, oh, I think it's called Mercenaries, right? The Mercenary Saga? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Then there's a bunch of them. And they're all like good, but none of them are great or, or they're flawed in some way. Um, and this seems like it's a, it's made by different people and uh, it has, it hasn't released yet. And, you know, just by the nature of being an unknown question mark, uh, there's hype uh, for me uh, for it. So I, I am excited for that. The Last Spell is another one that oh, yeah. uh, looks real good, and I've I played it on PC, and I hope they announce it for Switch and bust out with it. And I would say the last one that I'm like really excited for, and I don't know if they're gonna come out with a Switch uh, version of it, but there's this game that got revealed for PC, and it could make it to Switch, uh, called Songs of Conquest. Hmm, that I have not heard of. And it's it's this strategy turn-based uh fantasy RPG type of thing. It's uh it looks awesome visually. It it is it looks different gameplay-wise. Uh uh very unique. It, it has some some cross similarities, but uh it looks very different and plays different and I am I'm excited for it for when it comes out, but it's on PC, it's listed for early 2022. Uh, and that means if it comes to Switch, maybe it'll be announced like late 2022 and, and release, hopefully. Yeah, maybe we'll get that in the September Nintendo Direct. Uh, but yeah, Last last Spell is very interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that is coming to the Switch at some point, or it got announced that it was coming to the Switch. So we'll we'll hopefully see that soon um but yeah what do you what do you guys think what would you give it for a grade were there any expectations that weren't met let us know on the twitter scape on the emails on on the youtubes let us know uh because that's going to wrap up today's episode of the switch rpg podcast thank you so much for listening and remember to send any questions comments concerns to podcast at switchrpg.com. you can listen to the show each and every other week at switchrpg.com or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app if you listen on app don't forget to give us a rating and review we want to climb up them chats uh so your support would be amazing and finally you can send uh i'm sorry you can head over to switchrpg.com for all your rpg needs on the nintendo switch until next time see you later